Welcome to Overthinking in Your Underwear, the show where we use our overthinking brains for self-discovery instead of total sabotage. This is Lindsay Bruno, author of Overthinking in Your Underwear, the book now available on Amazon. Uh, Today we're talking about regret, failure, you know, all the fun stuff like that. Last year, my girlfriends and I were on our annual kind of girls trip and we do this thing where we kind of go around and ask questions just to make sure we're not always talking about silly, frivolous stuff, like we're really getting into the heart of each other, which I love about us. And one of the questions someone asked was, what's your biggest regret? And instantly my flares went up. I was like, ugh, like I don't deal in regret. That's not an area I like to overthink. It's not an area I get into. I don't like to think about my regrets. I don't like to what if myself. Um, And it ended up being a good conversation and um, we all kind of like dug in a little bit and I don't think anybody burst into tears or ended up feeling bad. Um, But it, it got me overthinking a little bit because I was like, I don't really... I don't dig regret, you know, and I don't like to what if myself and I don't like to go down that path because I really think it takes us away from living in the moment and loving what we have now and focusing on all, um, all the beauty of what we have in our life right now. Um, and that's what this piece is on today. The blog is on today that I'm going to read you is, Um, kind of failure and regret and refusing to what if ourselves Um, and it's called growing up a delusional mediocre dancer so let's get into it and then we'll talk a little bit too so here we go growing up a delusional mediocre dancer after publishing my first book a friend looks at me and says when we were little I always thought you'd be a writer And I said, really? Because I thought I'd be a backup dancer for Janet Jackson. There's a point in my preteen existence where I expect to tour with a Madonna, an Abdul, a Miss Jackson if you're nasty. Not because I was a phenomenal dancer, but because I was a delusional, mediocre dancer. Being a delusional, mediocre dancer at my local studio and on my high school palm squad gives me the false authority to believe I can do remarkable things, like tour with record-breaking artists or be a fly girl on Unliving Color. My plan B is JLo's plan A. This is the dominance of delusion. My ambitions surpass Jenny from the block. If you always don't remember, uh, <laughs> uh, Jennifer Lopez was started her career as a fly girl on the Wayne's Brothers in Living Color. So, and I just thought that was amazing, and I love that show, and I really, really wanted to be a fly girl. Oh my god! Okay, uh, after high school, my dreams lay dormant until one day I spot a flyer stuck to a pegboard on my college campus, advertising open tryouts for the dance team. The college dance team is a band of athletic supermodels with sharp moves and long limbs. I never had the lines and leaps of a rockette. What I learned later is that I'm more of a best dancer at a wedding versus someone who gets paid professionally for her craft. When Aretha yells, what you want, my booty yells, baby, I got it. But we're not at a wedding. We're still back with my delusion where I didn't even bother to stretch a hammy or dust off a jazz shoe before my upcoming audition. I arrived at tryouts 15 pounds overweight, rocked by a hangover, and wearing pajamas from the night before. The gymnasium gyrates with the energy of every best dancer from their high school. 
all more in shape and less tipsy than I am. I remove myself from the mass of girls and curl into a ball on the floor, pressing my aching, my aching head against the cool tile. As I begin to drift, a mic'd up voice interrupts like a breaking news alert. Who's ready to be a sugar bear, she says. I tuck into a spot near the back, pondering, what if I'd actually prepared for this? The buoyant team captain takes center stage, smiling with the enthusiasm of a woman not taking fireball shots till 3 a.m. And five, six, seven, eight, she shouts. By eight, I'm out, huffing, puffing, and tripping over my pajama bottoms. I last 15 minutes in sachet out the back door, meeting my friends for a beer brunch and lamenting how dance team will interfere with my course load and nap schedule. Being a backup dancer for Janet Jackson is the first dream I ever drop. But of course, not the last. I try stand up and sit down. I write screenplays that lose the plot. And I work hard on a greeting card company that folded. I talk about this in chapter 10 of my book, Overthinking Failure. Eventually, reality crashes over our ambitions like the giant wave in every apocalypse movie. Delusion is replaced with pragmatism. Pragmatism. Dreams with deadlines. We no longer ask what if because we're too busy managing what the fuck. At the age of 45, I've adopted a refusal to what if myself. What if I've gotten to that college? What if I'd asked for that promotion? What if I'd been a fly girl? You guys, seriously, what if I'd been a fly girl? What if takes us away from the grandeur of our present and leaves us tossing around with regret? Merriam-Webster defines regret as sorrow aroused by circumstances beyond one's control or power to repair. Agonizing over a situation we no longer have the ability to change is an overthinking exercise made in misery. What if is a playful parlor game with a group of friends and a bit of wine, but it's an imprisonment of ceiling staring at midnight on a Sunday as you struggle to fall asleep. The way out isn't with what if, but through ownership. In my book, we hammer home the concept of ownership. If we look for others to blame or a shaman to heal us, we're taking a trip when the answers are close to home. Everything we do, say, and overthink, it's an inside job. Let's say we have a what if that weighs our overthinking brain. What if I'd moved to Alaska and worked on that fishing boat? I won't overthink it and sink into a negative self-worth spiral contemplating, contemplating a universe where I have this amazing fishing boat job. I'll look at the situation and say, what could I have done to secure a better outcome? More research? Revise my resume? Actually learn to fish? I'll pick it up and put it down. I'll learn a lesson and leave it there instead of carrying this low energy attitude into the next season of my favorite Netflix show. Recently, I'm cruising memory lane with a dear friend. She came across an old photo album filled with bad fashion and worse hairstyles. She stops on a picture faded from the 90s. We were such good dancers, she muses. Uh-huh, I mumble. She flips a, play, a fifth, She flips a page, running her hand over the image like an old lover. Like, so, so good, she says. I start to say something, but stop. A little delusion never hurt anyone. Okay, so um, every, uh, every vlog and, and the book is structured this way too. Every chapter ends with a section called Let's Overthink It, which is advice or exercises to kind of um, solidify what we just talked about in the chapter. So the blog goes that way too. The blog is set up the exact same way that the book is with stories and advice, um, narrative to kind of bring what we're talking to to the forefront and make it really real for you guys. And then this let's overthinking section um, that's really exercises to help it make it really real um, in your life. 
So overthinking one, 15 minute overthinking section. We have to overthink our failures or we're doomed to repeat it. History, you know? But wallowing our failures weighs heavy on our self-worth. So an exercise I adapted is a 15-minute overthinking session. It allows us to soak up up some of that much-loved analysis without drowning ourselves in the process. Let's say a situation screams for scrutiny, an account is lost, a project implodes, or a business fails. I'll take 15 minutes to appreciate what went wrong, see how I'd act differently in the future, accept ownership, and move on. I will pick it up and put it down. I won't carry failure for the next month and feel its weight in disproportion to the event. To get started, grab a notebook, a writing utensil, and open to a blank sheet of paper. Find a quiet spot to sit where you can overthink your thoughts. Set the timer for 15 minutes on your phone. Make this exercise as simple or complex as you'd like. Use these minutes for meditation on a specific failure or examine your thoughts on paper. On the top of the page, jot down a failure you're working through. For example, my business failed. On the left side of your paper, write everything that went wrong, regardless of fault or finger pointing. For example, I overspent on advertising. On the right side, observe how you'd proceed differently in the future. For example, I do more upfront research before entering a specific sector of business. Take the 15 minutes to write anything and everything you want to say to yourself. When your time ends, look over your list and throw it away. No good comes from reliving an event that lowers your self-worth. Existing in a state of suffering or or a past condition of sadness affects your physical and mental health. Give pain and failure its 15 minutes, stop the clock, and you're overthinking. So um, I love that exercise because I think it's really hard to have a failure, um, have something go wrong in your life, have a breakup and just say, okay, well, I'm not going to think about that. I'm just going to move on. I mean, if you're of the overthinking variety, that's almost impossible. So I think it's really good to kind of give yourself a time limit, 15 minutes, whatever. If you want to make it 30, that's fine. If you want to give yourself a whole day and say, I can overthink this thing for a whole day. The fact that I lost my job, the fact that we broke up, whatever it is, but give yourself a specific time limit and really think through it, really work through it. Say, what did I do here? How could I have acted differently? What's my ownership in this? What's my part in this? Um, Because overthinking someone else's part and really placing all the blame on them is is an overthinking exercise made in misery (laughs) because you're not going to change this other person. You're just really overthinking something that's never going to change and you're just kind of wallowing um in this state you know so I really like to give myself a time limit work on something that I actually can change I actually can take action steps into the next day and then say okay we're done with that and then the next day if you find yourself going oh my god what happened there like what happened with that job or what happened with that person or what happened with that conversation go you know what we're done with it we're done with it. All we can do is take positive steps. What did I say to myself? I said that I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that. Great. So let's let's take action steps forward. Um, we're only moving forward um, is what you can say to yourself the next day when you start overthinking it again. Say, nope, we're moving forward. We're not, we're not in the past anymore. Um, so overthinking two is use your delusion. As a creative person, I worship at the altar of delusion. Delusion gets you started when no one is standing at the finish line waving you in. When your goals are simply a mirage on the the horizon, delusion takes you over the hill. It helps you imagine a future when your vision is grainy from lack of sleep or support. 
Don't discard delusion. Use it as a tool for motivation, meditation, and manifestation, and imagine the most amazing, ridiculous, delusional future for yourself and your goals, and make it happen. Um, So I like that too. I mean, I think as a creative person or as any kind of person, someone that's starting a business, you have to be delusional at the beginning. You know, starting writing this book, I hadn't really told anybody at the beginning. Everything has to be something that is just a vision you have for for yourself. And it's a bit delusional. You have to get excited. You have to create a vision for your life um, that you see that is wild and inspiring and amazingly creative. You have to get creative in your head and create this vision that is bigger than you, um, that no one can see yet. You're the only one that can see it, which is a bit delusional. So use your delusion to create this amazing, beautiful, creative, wildly inspiring life that you want, and then go get it. Um, Other people will start to see it um, eventually, and that's fine, but you don't need people to believe in it until, um, you don't need people to believe in it right away. Use your delusion Um, and don't be afraid to be the only one that sees it for a while. So that's today's blog. Um, that's it for now. And until next time, um, thank you so much for listening and you can see all the rest of the blogs on lindsaybruno.substack.com and read and listen there. Thanks so much guys.